The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Tabergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And if you wonder how to listen to all of our material, including tonight's second part, which you don't want to miss, all you need to do is just go to VeritasRadio.com and click on the subscribe button choose from a variety of subscription models that we have and take fairy tests with you wherever you go. We have thousands of people around the world who have been enjoying it for many, many years, and I want to thank you for all your support. And for the ones who continue asking me what's going to happen with Sanitas, well, you know the answer. We're no longer producing shows on SanitasRadio.com. That doesn't mean that Veritas will not discuss health. It will. In fact, a lot of the topics that Sanitas used to discuss are now coming to Veritas as well. So you could say that they both merged. However, the question I get all the time is, so what if you want to listen to Sanitas programs? Well, very simple. Go to SanitasRadio.com and you can subscribe and download all the programs, three seasons worth of great stuff that's going to change your life. Or you can buy individual USB uh, flash drives that you can take with you wherever you go. So, Sanitas is still there. And surprisingly, a lot of people are subscribing now that the show is over. But it's really not over because we're taking over here on Veritas. We're going to mix it all. And we're going to have it all encompassing the whole spectrum. Uh, going all the way from health to the paranormal. So, you will not be missing out. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion or simply want to send me a message all you have to do is click on the contact button i always love to hear from you as a former private investigator and forensic writer tonight's special guest has spent much of his career identifying forged documents working undercover to infiltrate theft rings and investigating questioned deaths now he turns his considerable investigative skill toward the paranormal, researching the most well-known and mysterious phenomena all over the world. Spontaneous human combustion, UFO visitations, auras, electronic poltergeists, and many, many more, with an eye toward solving these mysteries rather than promoting or dismissing them. His name is Joe Nickel, who has been called the modern-day Sherlock Holmes. Since 1995, he has been the world's only full-time professional science-based paranormal investigator. His careful, often innovative investigations 
have won him international respect in a field charged with controversy. He received his PhD from the University of Kentucky. His website is joenickel.com and he joins us directly from Amherst, New York. Hello, Joe, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hi, Mel. I'm good. Well, let me just say this at the beginning of the interview, Joe. We deal with all this, these topics all the time. And every so often we get people saying, you know what? It's time. It's time to bring somebody else from the, not the opposite side, but somebody who can look into these topics that you discuss, me being me, Mel, so they can give them their perspective, their scientific, scientifically based perspective, not any debunking way, but any scientific methodological way. And I think you are the right person to discuss this. Joe, how did you begin all of this? Well, you know, I think I'm just an ordinary sort of guy, and I grew up, um, of course, at the age of eight, I was Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you can picture me <laughs> with my magnifying glass. Right. Yep. Uh, but I, I was interested in the paranormal like everyone else. Uh, you know, at Halloween, I might dress up as a ghost, and uh, I wasn't from a family that was very superstitious, but I wouldn't have said that I could discount totally belief in ghosts or flying saucers. And and I was just curious ab- about these phenomena. And as time went on, as, as I went into the six, 1960s, of course, these topics like Bermuda Triangle and Bigfoot and so on became very, very popular. And my view has always been that a, a mystery deserves to be looked at, not with, and this is what dis, I think differentiates me from people, let's say, on the other side. And when I say the other side, I don't mean the other side. I just mean the other side of the argument. And and that is that uh, I think a lot of people that are pro-paranormal want to keep mysteries mysterious. They really don't want them to be solved. Uh, as soon as you appear to solve a mystery, you know, you start getting... Um, you know, name-calling, you get people saying quickly, well, but, but, but what about this case? They're trying to, to completely baffle you and end up with mystery as if mystery were some kind of goal. Not for me. Mystery is just that. It's a mystery, and mysteries as a detective are meant to be solved. Right. So not not dismissed out of hand, not debunked in the sense that before you even tell me what your mystery is, I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to believe it, you know. No, that would be wrong. That puts the debunker as sort of the flip side of the true believer, if that makes sense. Almost dogma. Yeah, people, people have the answer they want. Don't bother them with the facts too much. And uh, they're going to end up where they started. They're going to be in the same position no matter how you flip the coin. And one's always going to be heads and the other one's always going to be tails. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I I really want to know if you tell me that there's, you know, a case. um, my, My earliest important case was in Toronto, uh, around 1970, 72, that period of time. And people were reporting at the most famous house, I guess, in all of Canada, in McKinsey House in Toronto, 
they were saying that they were hearing footsteps on the stairs late at night when there was no one in the house and the house was locked. And this would be the, the caretaker's family. Um, and that other other things were being reported. Um, so I had an opportunity to go visit McKinsey House. And in detective fashion, I wanted to find out what was causing this, uh, the, just for one example, the footsteps on the stairs. And to make a long story short, um, I found that next door to McKinsey House was a building with a parallel staircase. The staircase was of iron, and the two staircases were about 40 or 40-some inches away. And there was a late-night cleanup crew and a caretaker's family next door. So there were all these times that there were footsteps on the stairs inches away from that at McKenzie House. So if you were across the house lying abed, you would hear over there where your staircase is, if you follow me, you would hear footsteps. And of course, you would think they were on your staircase. That that investigation really burned through my brain. Because when I went next door and found the the old caretaker there, and and he was sort of chuckling to himself, and I said, this has gone on for 10 years. Why didn't you come forward? And he said, well, he didn't think it was his place to rain on people's parades. And I said, but you know, they they had exorcisms here. They, reporters would come, and this would be the obligatory Halloween ghost story, and this this went on and on and on. I said, do you mean to tell me that over the 10-year period, no one ever came next door? And he said, that's right. You're the only one. And believe me, I go to New Orleans all the time, and I stay in hotels that are allegedly haunted. And it's, in my opinion, it's just a way to bring people in and just, you know, for revenue at the same time. Yes. Are there places where you have used a scientific methodology where you cannot, you, you haven't been able to come to a conclusion? Well, that's my most often asked question, and and I think it's just a very good question. You know, it does go to sort of to the heart of what I'm what I'm about. Uh, the simple answer to the question, I think, in the spirit that that you mean it and so forth, is, and I would maybe clarify the question a little bit. Um, I don't know everything, and obviously I'm I'm not just some human uh, machine who can just solve everything, <laughs> uh, you know, at the snap of the fingers. Sort of like a homicide detective solving every case, you know, in in an hour or two. Right. But but in the spirit in which you which, which you and others usually ask that, I would I would put it this way that it, that I've never found an instance where I thought I had a fair chance to really conduct a real investigation. I've not thought that that uh, I found anything paranormal. Uh, when you say that you can't, uh, anything you can't explain is really kind of a different issue because let's say that we had the same situation as McKinsey House, but we 
went next door and there was nothing there or there was no building next door and there were footsteps on the stairs. Does it mean then that because you didn't explain that case, and, and there might be you know, such cases, therefore this is proof of, of the existence of ghosts. And this this gets us pretty quickly to maybe the Maybe if I could share my kind of uh, overarching view of the paranormal, uh, and this is a critical view, and that's that it's it's mostly based on negative evidence. We don't really have a Bigfoot. We don't really have, no matter what you've heard in conspiracy theories, we don't really have a Christ saucer hidden away somewhere, and so on. What we have are these questions what was that? What did that person hear or see? What were the footsteps on the stairs? What what was the bright light in the sky? Uh, why did Mrs. Smith's cancer go into remission? And we may not readily know, and, and maybe we won't ever know what caused something, because it may have been fleeting. It may have been a one-of-a-time occurrence and not be repeatable, and we would just never really find out what streaked across the sky that moment. But the problem is that to argue from we don't know what it was, that therefore we do know what it was, you see, is a logical fallacy. You can't say, I don't know, therefore I do know. It's called, in logic, it's called um, because this is a high-class show, Mel, I'm going to give you the Latin. It's called argumentum ad ignorantium. It means an argument from ignorance. And it, it doesn't mean the person is an ignoramus, you know, or stupid or something. It just means that you, no matter how smart you are, you're arguing that we don't know and trying to make an inference from it. And the the fact is, in scientific pursuits or in you know, scholarly pursuits or any anywhere where it really matters, if you don't know, you simply don't know. It doesn't prove the paranormal. The paranormal can't be proven in the way that almost always the paranormalists are trying to prove it. Well, we don't know. See, it's a mystery. Do you recur to Occam's razor while conducting your investigations? I do. I do use Occam's razor. And, um, um, Whenever I can, uh, I'm trying to, uh, let me see if I can say this, whether I'm investigating something paranormal or historical or a forensic or, you know, a homicide case, for example, um, I'm always doing what I think is kind of the basis of any kind of such inquiry, and that's I'm trying to have a solution, and that solution is going to be more or less an hypothesis. I'm going to try to give you an explanation that I think fits the known evidence. And it must be, and here's where Occam's razor comes in, it it should, it, and Occam's razor is not an absolute principle of science or anything. It's just kind of a rule of thumb right. that you and I could talk about. And and it, it basically is saying you should choose the the hypothesis that makes the fewest assumptions. In other words, if something could have just been a meteor streaked across the sky, or it could be an extraterrestrial craft, 
then Occam's razor would say, well, preference is given to meteors because we know there are meteors. It doesn't mean there couldn't be an extraterrestrial craft, but you would, you know, you would have to go further and say, and then it landed and these non-terrestrial creatures came out with six arms and glowing eyes and they came at me and so forth. And then I would need, wouldn't I, a, a better explanation than Meteor. And, and I would then, I think, need a little more information, and I would want to prioritize how good the evidence was that this actually happened. You know, that it wasn't a dream state or a hoax or something. And that that's why we... No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But, no, no, you know, go we, ahead. We use, we use many mottos, many quotes on this program, but the most important one to me is, I don't want to believe, I want to know. And we discuss many outrageous topics to some people. UFOs are very outrageous to some people. It's they, they think that as a fact because many of them say that they have gone through it, contacts, abduction, yes. you name yes. it. But in my case, I discuss them. Does it mean that I believe? Absolutely not. I either no, know I, or I don't, and that's why you're here today. Right, and and I think, you know, you and I are, are on the same page with that. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't go one way and I the other on on a, some of our thinking. Right. But but I think that's that just has to be what really matters. I really, I mean, sometimes people will, will say, well, you're looking for the truth, and you know, and 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 I know the name of your show, and uh, but but I, I'm always a little cautious to say, look, I don't claim I know the truth. That's a big thing to claim, but I do I do want you to believe me when I say I'm looking for the truth. I am honestly looking for the truth, and and if I if I fail to use the right principles to do that, I hope you will tell me in a nice way. Ah, point of you know you made a mistake in your facts there, or or you say you're you're trying to to do this, but it looks like you're doing that, and and so on. I, I really want to know. I, I in other words, I can't claim that I've got the the market cornered on uh, on the truth, but I sure would would want to be thought of as someone who's trying to get there, and. Um, you know, I, 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 a case I've been thinking about recently that I'm going to be talking about somewhere more more elaborately. But if you know the case of the the Flatwoods Monster, I've heard about in, it in the early '50s in in West Virginia. Right. And these boys uh, saw a monster, and I I made a, a very serious investigation. Went there and talked to very elderly men and so forth, and and came to the conclusion that they had seen a barn owl. They said it had a, a shape, uh, sort of heart-shaped face, and that it had, when it swooped at them, it had terrible claws and so forth. And it was just a perfect description of a barn owl, except they thought it was taller because it was on a branch. And Occam's razor would say, you know, that's a better explanation than an extraterrestrial, which was the subject uh, being touted. Well, anyway, I I, I worked out an elaborate uh, explanation for that, and some years later, a movie was being made called Mothman. Mothman's probably better known than the Flatwoods Monster. 
And my which, first which is reaction... featuring the X-Files, I think. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.